Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Value Line Observer, brought to you by the Value Guys. I'm Vern Value. And I'm Val Hughes. And we're 20-year Wall Street veterans that have taken on secret identities, adopted disguises, changed our voices so that we can be with you every week with uh, our unfiltered views on stocks that uh, we pick from uh, that week's Value Line Investment Survey. In this case, the issue dated November Did you 7th, mention why we're wearing 2008. Disguises? I don't remember you well, saying Well, it's that. because our bosses would never allow us to do this, to provide our unvarnished views on a wide variety of stocks. Yeah, let's face it. We may not free. have bosses soon. <laughs> <laughs> you may be my boss, Vern. Uh, well, I mean, in, anyway, uh, we want to remind everybody that in the meantime, this is just for uh, entertainment purposes. Uh, we may own all the stocks we're talking about or not or have other <laughs> conflicts of interest. You can't know, and you also can't know if we have any idea uh, whether we know what we're talking about I or not. Although morning. you might be able to suspect on a given stock based on what we're saying or not saying. But This intro is going on a bit, don't it, you think, A long Mark? time. Yeah, it seems longer than usual. To learn more about us, please visit our website, www.thevalueguys.com. In the second half of the show, I'm going to be back with uh, – this is a big retail issue. I'm going to be back with Tiffany – Target and a uh, third stock in my fine Yet tradition to be named. <laughs> of, uh, stock you've never heard of. Uh, I at least I've never heard of. Maybe you have. Uh, but first, I'm going to turn the show show over to a real woodsman, Val Hughes. Oh, thanks, Vern. Listen, I just want to warn everyone right now. I'm very sleepy. Uh, we actually, I didn't really want to get into this, but I'm going to. <laughs> but it's your the we, first thing right, you're it's going the first to say. On my okay. mind. We did this show. We did it Friday. It was a great show. A great I show. wish we'd recorded it. And I just, I don't want to say who's in charge of recording the show. Uh, of course, I produce it, and it's produced reasonably well over many years. Uh, I don't I think record it's the produced show. produced very well. I don't record the show. I believe show. we've had two recording so, snafus I get to my, uh, in the history of I the show. I get to my production studio. Two out of many hundreds of shows. And that's overstated, I'll assure tiny, you. Tiny, tiny percentage. And what do I do? I plug in Vern's device into my machine, and what? It's not there? What? Ah. Oh. So here it is. I believe I was there. And you were, yeah, your one-sided conversation, which I may put up on the site. Uh, it's interesting, as you just are talking with yourself. No, on please there. don't. Uh, but in any case, <clears throat> so I've had to get up very early, and I'm a little cranky as a result. Uh, How unusual! We have coffee. <laughs> it is unusual. <laughs> mm. And I'm I'm just going to go with the same stocks I had Friday. They're still good. It's still the same price. It's been a very rough week, uh, of course, and year uh, for value. And uh, we just for have to. I everybody. Think, yeah, for everyone. A lot of people are going to have their careers shifted around here. Financial industries under siege a little bit. Uh, but as we've said on the show, these cycles happen, and the stock market is not going away. Although some stocks will go away, no question, and have. Um, but this is the time fortunes are made, and it seems a little bumpy. But if you just take uh, a percentage of your income that you can afford and just put a little bit in to the market each month, that's going to smooth out. And over most five to ten year periods, it's going to be the inv best investment class you can find. And usually scary times are when the best returns are about to unfold. So uh, we remain under siege but encouraged uh, that we've got a couple of good ideas. I've got three this week. They had retailing this week, which, of course, if you read the news, no one bought anything 
evidently in October. Vern. Well, it'll uh, there will probably be a sport involved in guessing what quarter of that list is going to go bankrupt. Yeah, you know, like you can look at some things um, that leverage you probably should concern you. Yeah, leverage and things you don't need. So uh, my theme this week is, you know, you got to buy needs, not wants, and you got to buy clean balance sheets, and that should carry you through. Uh, first up this week for me, Men's Warehouse MW is the ticker, and this is page 2203. My theme on Men's Warehouse is uh, that it's a uniform, ladies and gentlemen, and, you know, it appears that the entire U.S. auto worker class is going to have to buy a suit for interviewing, and maybe half of Wall Street as well, since there haven't been suits worn, uh, you know, as much as there used to be, but I think that could be changing. And it's, uh, it's low cost, so they use economies of scale to deliver a suit. You might have to drive a little out of your way, what have you, but they pass on those savings. So it's kind of a low-cost uniform. And when you look at their gross margins, which are up in the mid to upper 40s, uh, they're getting as much of a margin as some women's apparel guys. I looked at Coldwater Creek this week, which is a cheap stock, uh, certainly, but I'm not sure they have the competitive advantage in a single class the way men's warehouse can kind of own suits. And uh, Coldwater's a little more fashion, which scares me because they can get the fashion wrong. Men's Warehouse, I mean, look, you got black, you got your black, you got your blue, you got your uh, gray. You know, there's not a lot of style risk. You got your pinstripe, your non-pinstripe, right? You know what I'm saying, Vern? Hello? I'm sorry, I dozed off <laughs> dozed there. off. I'm dozed off. I have no idea. <laughs> I wish I were napping right now. They're putting up a mid-teens operating margin. Now, yeah, there's going to be a couple Did you of... mention nail head? No, I don't know what that is. That's a type of... That's a pattern fabric. Oh, the pattern. Yeah. You're talking like about... Like a pinstripe. Yeah. Oh, they may not have... They have a little of that. That's That may be a little risky. That comes and goes. Okay. Uh, but their operating margin, you know, low mid-teens, these margins say something's proprietary or it would, those prices would get competed away. Scale. There's nobody well, else exactly, like them. Well, exactly. There's scale. Uh, their balance sheet is great. That was another focus this week. So here, needs, not wants. It's a uniform. And then they have almost no debt. Nine percent of capital is debt. That's $84 million. That's offset by $119 million in cash. And so I like that a lot. Uh, and then the valuation, of course, it's seven times... Uh, cash flow here. Value line says they're going to earn 250 in gross cash flow in 08. There's not a lot of capex. Stocks at 1372, the close on Friday. You know what's that? Six and a half times. Uh if I look at enterprise value to EBITDA, I've got 750 in market cap. Let's say debt offsets cash. And operating mar earnings here, let's say 10% of 2000, that's 200. So it's Less than four times. That's over a 20% cash-on-cash cash return if we bought the whole company and got the money. Uh, in terms of near term, you know, their comps are declining. Same store sales year over year. And, uh, you know, there's no way getting around that. Of course, they do do a lot of tuxedo business in some of their locations, and weddings presumably are going to uh, remain somewhat stable. And the company has a history of buying stock, so maybe during this period, you know, you can count on a little bit of stock buyback here to help you. We've actually had a listener burn right in on this one in the past, and I've never really addressed it on the show, but it's come down a lot. The stock was at 56 last year, and uh, it's at 1372. They haven't lost market share. They're not losing their position. I mean, you've got to ask yourself, will people buy suits 
ever again, and I think they will. Men's Warehouse. Next up, Nature's Bounty is the old name. I'm sorry, NBTY, page 2205. This is the old Nature's Bounty. They're used Did you to... talk about this in the first run-through? Yeah, were you napping during I that? I don't remember you talking yeah. about this. Well, stuff. maybe you had an extra beverage or two. Maybe I did. This is different. I'm, you know, we're struggling under a lack of sleep. I'm more alert. Yeah, well, I can barely keep my eyes open here. Hold on. Mm. And you made the coffee? That's not so bad. Okay, uh, let's see. Where am I? Nature's Bounty. The vitamin industry is, uh, I think, kind of a need, not a want, all right? There's a whole group of people, demographically driven, who are moving into the ages where you take vitamins. Now, notwithstanding, I know you probably read something that vitamins aren't that important, but people don't believe that. They believe they are. And so I don't think you're going to cut your vitamins. Uh, it's pretty stable business. These guys have rolled up the industry. They've bought a lot of their former competitors they own the Vitamin World chain. Uh, they own Nutrition Warehouse. I think they might have bought a couple of other guys who I'm not thinking of right now, but they have a giant market share of vitamins. And uh, what am I attracted to? Again, it's a need, not a want. It's got almost no debt, 17% debt to capital. So their total debt is $209 million. They got $140 million in cash. It's an amazing chart. That stock is always either underperforming or outperforming. It never just trades with the market. No. it's uh, Well, you have inventory cycles, you know. So they half their business is their own retail. So inventory is, you know, what they're selling. But then they got a distribution business where you do get cycles where the stores cut back, so your sales are down unexpectedly because, you know, there's a lag and such. So I think it is a confusing stock sometimes to the street because of that. But just like on uh, Men's Warehouse, I don't have a gross margin number for this one, but operating margins, you know, always in the mid-teens. And, again, if you can earn that consistently and their return on capital – uh, are, you know, low teens. Uh, they dip down into under 10% one year, and they have very little debt. In fact, one of the metrics you should look at, in my opinion, during these times is interest coverage, which is just what do they earn before they've paid the interest, and then divide that by interest. And in this case, it's 18 times. So uh, not that they couldn't lose money they at some their, point. They, they, within a few weeks, they earn what they need to pay their interest for the year. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. the company has uh, never lost money, even in the recessions that are on this you know, value line page. And it's six times gross cash flow, eight times free. Uh, the same enterprise value to EBITDA calc I did for Men's Warehouse on this one is uh, $1.6 billion. Um, you know, divided by, uh, or let's see, well, then I'm going to subtract a little cash out, 1.5, and I've got $300 million in operating income. That's five times. So, again, we bought the whole company five times. That's 20%. Now, that's Value Line's operating income yeah. number, so that's before depreciation. Well, that's EBITDA, we think, yeah. you know, before depreciation. Uh, so they're going to have some bad comps coming up, just like everyone. Um you know, Europe is looking a little down. That's got to be some currency. They just bought the U.K.'s biggest, uh, you know, natural food distributor there. And so it's a it's a spot that I think has some legs to it. It's stable. It's cheap. cheap. And, uh, you know, this stock was at 55 last year. It's at 2361. And then finally, my last one, Pinnacle West, PNW. 
page 2240. I do like to give is the page numbers. P and W or P N W? It's a ticker. You, you slurred your. Voice. Well, I'm not awake. I've tried to make that point, and whose fault is it? Okay. Uh, not that I want to point fingers, but I do want to Are point fingers. Are you really fingers. doing this? P-N-W. It feels like a nightmare <laughs> that I can't awaken from. I know. PNW. Well, we're doing it for the listener, don't for the, you think? For, the, for, yeah. for our Trying loyal to get the show listeners. out. Now, what I like about this is, again, needs not wants. It's electricity. <laughs> Definitely need that. You need electricity. If you want to be anywhere Where they north of the caveman. Where, where's their service area? PNW. Can I... Oh, let me tell you that, Vern. I'm going to try to have patience with your questions. Uh, that's Arizona. Well, they need electricity other... there, or they have yeah. no air conditioning. Do you have any other questions nope, at this that's time, all. Vern? Okay. Uh, my story on this is electricity, basically, and it's a deal. They have a monopoly in their service area. They earn returns that in most businesses wouldn't be viewed as good, uh, you know, 6% on capital, a little bit of leverage, so 7% on equity. Uh, and but here it's in return for stability, and then they have to pay eighty percent of that out. So the yield is six point eight percent. Let me give the the point. That's a lot. And then you know they sell electricity to Arizona, and uh, half their business is commercial, half residential. I guess that's a decent mix. Uh, their sourcing is a mix: coal thirty seven percent, nuclear twenty two, gas. 18, they purchased 23 on the outside, which gives them some flexibility for, you know, pricing there. Relatively low coal And I think that population growth is coming their way just because people want to escape, you know, the cold. Let's face it. So uh, that's still working for them. And uh, I think that's a pretty high yield in these times with very little risk. So that's Pinnacle West, PNW. You know, it's a utility. Uh, There is the potential, you know, that over the next 12 months – and it would be a rare thing to see electric demand declines because of, you know, changes in industry and things like that. Um, but I think in part that's why the yield is so high. This stock was at 52 last year. It's at 30. And it's very rare you ever get this stock going down over any period. Obviously, in recessions it does that. And this, I think, is a chance to pick this thing up. It looks pretty high quality to me. So that's all I have this week, Vern, and I'm just going to – Oh doze off uh let me introduce Vern value with uh just a, a tiny so amount of myself ado. then well i may chime in oh, okay but um i'm gonna just try to get some more coffee so oh, Vern value you know, ladies and gentlemen little, could would you no, mind I'm, getting I, me a little more I'm, i would mind yes so uh, please go ahead okay uh hello everybody i uh i'm going to start this week with uh tiffany because i, I i'm going to go with the theme of n- wants not needs no i'm kidding but um, I agree with uh, Vern's, um, I mean Val's uh, yeah, basic Vern. thesis, but uh, I think Tiffany is a, a bit of an exception to the rule here, uh, a real Uber brand that uh, um, does well, I think, in almost any environment, um, and, and, and that's really been their history as well. And um, on sale now at a price that looks very, very attractive as all retailers are because of the presumption that no one's ever going to buy anything again. But um, I I think of Tiffany as an aspirational uh, brand for a lot of people, and uh, I think you can count on, um, well, their own history is that they performed pretty well through uh, the the last recession. Uh, Sales came off a small amount in 2001. Uh, Earnings declined, looks like less than 10%. Cash flow went flat. 
and then they started growing again the following year. Well, I think the 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 fact their business is going to be in a little bit of struggle here for a year or so does not diminish from the power of the brand long term. Well, and I they're I, always going to be Tiffany, and people want to own I, Tiffany. And I think any time you know the uh, uh, the awareness of the brand seems to you know to diminish a little bit, you sponsor a. Well, Audrey Hepburn Film Festival and uh, put Breakfast at Tiffany's in front of people. I mean, no one knows the name of another. Where is there another uh, national, international jewelry brand um, that uh, has such a cachet and is yet accessible to to the common man? Uh, Recently, a value line shows about $25 stock price, actually closed on Friday at $23.00. So maybe like an eight multiple, 30% discount to market. This is on the numbers that Value Line's looking for, and they're looking for fairly decent growth in 08. Okay, well, 08's almost done, although I've got a Christmas issue maybe. Yeah, and then, maybe. Uh, yeah, well, their year ends in January. But, you know, just you just like buy Tiffany a few times in your life, but and let's those say, happen even in even, recessions. Even if, even if they're not going to do the 285 in earnings this year, maybe earnings are going to be $2 down from 233 I'm still talking about less than 12 times earnings. Maybe lower. Uh, on on run rate cash flow, seven times gross cash flow. Um, they uh, they grow relative. I mean, they there's steady growth in the store base, but um, I, I don't think anything that you can characterize there, uh, as runaway. Uh, no, their ahead. sales ever gone down? Yes, like they, they did. Know one. Yeah, okay, they did so that's going to happen. But, you know, oh, happen. sure. But um, uh, their operating market with their. Uh, Operating margin that year was uh, actually up from the prior year. Uh, it was in a period when they were doing better on a on a performance basis, and uh, net margin bottomed uh, around eleven percent back then. They ran into some kind of uh, they ran into some kind of a pothole in two thousand four. Uh, uh, net margin dropped to nine and a half percent. The stock kind of underperformed most of two thousand four after being a pretty steady market performer. Uh, with you know occasional periods of outperformance in the years after the recession leading up to 2004, and then since then as well. Uh, there's a little bit of yield here. Uh, the 2.7%, of course, would be a little bit higher. Value line rates at 3 because it fell out of bed, but they're looking for a 23 to 35% expected average annual return. And I think the key here is they've got it uh, mentioned in their little write-up about Halfway through it, the population of wealthy consumers around the world is steadily rising. More and more people are going to want that little blue box. So Tiffany over TIF time. over time. Not that's this right. year. No, not of course year. not. But world uh, at wealth this valuation, not rising this at this year. valuation, I've got I've got my short term issues taken care of. I make it about six <clears throat> times on an enterprise value uh, to EBITDA basis. If they can only earn a twenty percent operating margin, well, that's basically the lowest number on the page since '99. Uh, and do three billion of revenue, which would be up only slightly from '07 this year in '08. I'm talking about the current on current numbers about six times. So, uh, you know, the only question I'd have on that is mm-hmm. how much of their product is purchased on credit, and how much of that credit is not available. And that's a great question. You know, they do, do they really do do they know. have a credit sub? Uh, no, they don't appear they do, to. Yeah. No. So that they do, may be um, an They issue. do 41 percent of their business abroad including 17 percent in japan where i think the brand is pretty powerful they uh direct marketing is actually six percent of the business that leaves uh the u.s at half um and uh i I mean a terrific global franchise and uh one that will persist no matter what we're getting ready to go through i think there's uh 
about $600 million of debt, but it's 14% of total capital, and they have $150 million of cash on the balance sheet. The kind of margins they've sustained over a long period of time, I don't think you have any real financial risk there. Um, now, you do have a little more financial risk in my next idea, which is Target, symbol TGT. Uh, but here I'm, I'm going to lean on the idea of uh, – What page is that on? Bert? Best of breed, boy, uh, page. I'm, just, I'm trying me, to find it. stumble and waste time on this yeah, um, okay, but I'm uh, unimportant task because no one uses the page number. Well, 2146 is the page number. Thanks, Bert. Uh Stock, according to Value Line, 3850, actually 3650 on Friday. And here I think the interesting thing is if you look at their uh, the history of how this uh, – uh, you know, top performing um, mass retailer performed through the last recession. Once the stock got discounted heavily in 2000, leading into a weakening economy, um, the stock then outperformed over the following uh, two to three years. Um, has since then kind of gone sideways most of the time until recently, kind of dipped down. Looks like a similar discounting taking. Uh, place uh, as happened back in 2000. Stock's gone from above 70 to half that over a little over a 12-month period of time. So mm. something significant has been priced in. And I, I, the, my idea started with Walmart, but it's it was value line was showing it at a 40 percent premium to market. I uh, looked at the dollar stores, and there it's uh, no secret. That and then I, not you know, Kohl's is a little bit cheaper statistically than Target, but. I, I've just never been all that comfortable with Kohl's. It just seems like it's going to be the next J.C. Penney uh, or yeah, something. Yeah, you know, like that. Kohl's had a lot of uh, a lot of growth, store growth, and that fueled their sales growth. I, I think they had a big multiple trade down. Maybe, maybe Kohl's will do well, but I think Target will do very well. You might just go right to Target. Yeah, um, I, there's you know, a big, Kohl's there'll be a middle. bigger audience for Target. Tiffany's at the high end. You're not going to trade down if you want a Tiffany, and Target's got yeah, low I, cost. I, I only get about uh, I, I get good pricing. I get so. Kohl's at like a ten percent discount. Didn't seem I'd enough to own me. Target. Right here at Target, I can buy it for less than seven times gross cash flow. Their gross margins, I mean, have expanded over time from the 31-2 range to 33-34. Return on capital steadily 10 to 12 range, um, I'm sure, above their long-term cost of capital. The enterprise value um, uh, multiple looks reasonably attractive. I've got 29.1 equity market cap, only it's not, of course. It's down 5% from there, so call it 28 um, I've got $19.7 billion of debt, but I have a little bit of cash on hand. My total enterprise value, call it $46 billion. If I can earn 8% on $65 billion of revenue, now Evaluline's looking for 10.5% on almost $67 billion this year and more in 2009. You're haircutting that. So if I haircut it, 8%, which is below any number on, in the last 10 years, I'd still have over five billion of EBITDA, forty-six. Well, I'm talking almost dead on nine times. See, this is needs, not wants. From, yeah, this I is a, no. That's right, and, and and really, I'm I'm playing off the same theme you were. You here. need some clothes. They're going to open fewer stores. Yeah, they're they're reducing their capital budgets. They're doing all the prudent things you'd want to see them do. Uh, and also, CGT. I want to just add that yeah. used to be Dayton Hudson. And they always put out the best retail guys, particularly in logistics and, you know, good efficiency in systems, and that shows up well, in their I think, results. I, I think in their day they pulled uh, some talent out of the local uh, Detroit automotive base. Was Dayton Hudson was uh, really? uh, based in the upper Midwest, and uh, I, well, I think that's where they got some of their – Yeah, 
Yeah. Right, but it's still. I think Hudson might have, have been out of Detroit and Dayton uh, was let's in see, Minneapolis. Hudson, I think that's and right. They joined yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you're an old guy to know that. Yeah, you too. Yeah, um, not me. And uh, anyway, last idea, uh, the one that I'd never heard of before. I mean, it has a familiar name, but not as a stock, not as a company that is a leading manufacturer of branded and private label apparel. This is Oxford Industries. Symbol is OXM, and I guess uh, was a a you know, a company kind of probably struggling to find an identity until it bought the Tommy Bahama Group in 2003. And this stock went from trading, according to Value Line's charts, pretty consistently between looks like maybe 4 and $16 over many years. They make this purchase. Uh, trading volume goes up significantly. Stock ultimately peaks in the 50s. Um, and has come down significantly in the last year, was trading earlier this year around 25, 30 level, and then just, you know, here in the last few weeks, um, or maybe the last week or two, fallen completely out of bed. Um, stock around 1160, according to Value Line, actually 1177 on Friday, so I think maybe attracting some. Uh, uh, some people, you know, the value, I think, is maybe attracting some people here. Paying a yield of 6.2 times here. We'll come back to that in a second. 6.2%. Um, 6.2%. Sorry. Thank yeah, you. Sure. Um, and I, so I have some concern, obviously, about Tommy Bahama. And it accounted for 80% of operating income yeah, last year. And that's the rub on it right Which there. is a premium brand. That's going um, to go down a lot. I've, you know, my capitalization is 35% of capital is debt. Debt is only $220 million. I do have annual rentals on leases that are uncapitalized of $30 million. So I've got a long-term interest number of thirteen and a half. I've got $30 million of rentals. I've got $43.5 million then scary, of scary. fixed That's charges. Scary, scary. That's not need, my And friend. I have $10 million I need for the dividend. So I need to earn about $54 million in EBITDA just to cover all of those. Oh, oh. Okay. Okay. Good, no, good luck. And, and at 54, that's 6% of 900 million. Value Line says that in 08, they will have earned 9% of a billion. They have history uh, below the 6% level. I own this a long time ago, Did 20 you? years really? ago. I think. I mean, my, you know, my memory is uh, hampered by lack of sleep. But I think they used to be the private label supplier to Sears. So when you go to Sears in the 50s, or I mean, it's an mm-hmm. old company. That well, the it stuff says in there was from have, Oxford Industries. It says they have licenses. Uh, licenses include apparel under the labels Tommy Hilfiger, Nautica, Kenneth Well, Cole. they had to morph because Sears, you know, stopped growing. Well, and so uh, they had uh, to do uh, some uh, other whatever. things. Whatever. Um, the thing that attracts me is that it has generated positive cash flow every year since 1992. And uh, if I, you know, if I'm wrong by a significant amount on the earnings estimate, now by the way, value line showing uh, cash flow per share would have come from 440 in 07 to 340 this year, so it's based on that 340 number that I'm looking at. Um, earnings per share down from almost three dollars to a dollar seventy-five. So, uh, you know, there's already been a lot of deterioration and a lot of that priced in because with a stock under 12, we're talking about roughly three times a little bit more than that times cash flow. So I can take half my earnings out of Tommy Bahama and I'm still talking about maybe six times cash flow and I can probably still cover my uh, I think I can cover my fixed obligations. Well, what, so. what do you mean you probably can cover them? That's that's alarming. Well, it's a little riskier, but if I can if this business performs relatively stably probably. because it's got a, a uh, it's got a brand that's been taking share 
And it has well, then the you'd have to know. To, here's the other thing. Well, but they, how long a, do they have that brand? They're a, probably paying a license. They have that a bunch of stores. They can close a bunch of stores and and take the brand into traditional. Uh, they could lose the rights channels. for the brand. They bought it. Oh, they own it. They, they own, own it. it. Yeah, oh, own it. They own oh. Tommy. This is well, Tommy Bahama okay. Industries, basically. Oh, okay. okay? All right. So Still, you're buying a, a popular premium brand, uh, pretty cheap, on the idea that. Uh, people are going to stop buying it, and I think they've right. got a lot of different ways they can grow the business. So uh, okay. OXM, Oxford Industries, take a look. But uh, I'll say my favorite idea this week is uh, Tiffany, just too attractive at $23. And mine is Men's Warehouse. Thanks. We'll listener. see you next week.